not getting too creative and out of the box to create something because in the end, you're protecting an investment, whether it's yours or co-investing amongst other people is to make sure that the numbers are what they are. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, today's host, and today we'll be speaking with Michael Meredith. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing blessed, man. Doing well. That's good to hear. And thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Michael is the co-founder of VPG Enterprise, a real estate development company, and his role is in strategic planning. He started out by flipping small duplexes and has now grown the company to millions in assets. He is based in New Orleans, and you can say hi to him at variousgroup.com. That is V-E-R. IUSgroup.com. Michael, before we go any further, do you mind providing us with a little bit more information about your background and what you're focused on now? Yes. Original background was in engineering. I was a former petroleum engineer. My partner was as well. And like you said, we just started out with small multifamily properties here in kind of the greater New Orleans area. And now our focus from a real estate development standpoint is B2C class multifamily value-add opportunities kind of in that 100 units and above. Did you study chemical engineering in college for uh, becoming a petroleum engineer? I did. I did. Nice. That's that my degree is, uh, is in chemical engineering and worked for a Fortune 5 company drilling deep water wells and got tired of that rat race and literally jumped ship into real estate. I was a chemical engineer as well. It's always good to find another fellow engineer who's gotten out of the industry in real estate. So right now you're focusing on B to C class, multifamily, 100 plus units. Do you mind giving us a breakdown of your current portfolio? How many multifamily homes do you own and the number of units of each of those? So total, we're at 300 units right now. And that's kind of here in our, our greater New Orleans area. That's mixed up of, let's call it 10 to 12 buildings. Some of them as small as four units and some as large as 124 in that portfolio. So that's kind of a wider range of where our portfolio sits and kind of our project type. So four units to 124 units. How are you funding these deals and how has that evolved since you started out? Well, I spoke about earlier is we jumped ship. So we, we had a W-2 income and we were being creative just like everybody else is funding bond for deeds, owner finance deals and some of our smaller properties. And then we just gradually started building relationships with our local and regional bank and start off on small projects and growing those. So those have been a solid foundation for us providing construction financing and kind of semi-perm financing into our, our deals. On the equity side, we, we've been syndicating that equity similar to any other real estate deal. It's putting together PPMs, going out to kind of net worth individuals that we know and raising that capital in pools to kind of fund that stack. Also co-investing ourselves into those deals. And then more recently, we've kind of gotten more into the institutional 
funding. We recently partnered with Goldman Sachs to roll out a debt facility here locally centered around our strategy and value plan B2C class assets. Do you want to walk us through the deal that you did that was funded by Goldman Sachs? Because I'm interested in that. I haven't talked to them on the podcast yet. I find people that have raised money from people that they know, which is what you did. But how did you get in contact <laughs> with, with Goldman Sachs? How was presenting that deal to them different than presenting the deal to your investors that you knew already? Things like that. It definitely is a little bit different and just some more clarity. So Goldman has provided us a facility. So basically that is, is a box and this is a more recent venture for us. So the part of that box is, is creating this pool of money, which is for us 40 million. And then the first project goes into that box. So the relationship started with just an introduction. And that was probably about two years ago, two and a half years ago. I was very persistent in being able to get a meeting with those guys, which included me flying up to New York, going into their headquarters and basically pitching our company and what our vision was. And it took me a couple of times to get back up there and get in front of their face again. And they actually looked at funding a few of our deals and it, their process or their kind of terms didn't work on those deals. So we just decided as, as a team and said, hey, look, let's establish a long-term partnership here and we'll give guys some bandwidth to be able to go and do deals as long as you kind of commit to us. And so that made sense for us is to say, hey, look, let's be a long-term partner, allow us some bandwidth to go out and do the deals, know that the funding is there and be able to grow our portfolio. So you said that they wouldn't fund the deals you're working on at the time, but then after a while they changed their mind and they would fund those deals or did you have to find different types of deals that fit their criteria? They had offered to fund a few of our deals and we had to choose between our local banks and relationships, which the money was a little bit cheaper and less institutionally restrictive to close a little bit faster. So we chose on those deals to go with our local lenders just because it made more sense in that kind of specific moment. But as we kind of came back and looked at it as totality and a whole for our long-term strategy, it made more sense to kind of solidify a long-term partner to provide our debt on these projects moving forward. Okay. And so you said they provided $40 million for that deal? No, that's the part of the facility. So the facility itself is $40 million. So Imagine a line of credit for multifamily deals. As those things come into play, those funds are already kind of boxed off for VPG to do deals. Oh, okay. See, so how do they get to that $40 million number? How do they decide that, okay, we're going to give Michael and his company a credit of $40 million? Why not 20? Why not 100? Well, obviously for guys like that, the numbers, as they're bigger, they make more sense for them. But a part of it was looking at our track record over the last two to three years and what our volume was. It's kind of a five-year runway that we're looking to roll these funds out and say, how much are these guys developing? What does our pipeline look like? And then also, what does our group look like in bandwidth that we can handle internally to be able to say, okay, this makes sense. So all those factors, I think, were put into play as well as this overall strategic and absorption in this market too and what we think we could do. So you said your role right now is in strategic planning. Could you walk us through what, I don't say a typical day because I'm sure it's flexible, but what are some of the things that you do as the strategic planner of the company? Well, I am a strategic planner. My official role is CEO, but for me, it's kind of looking past our current deal and how do we fill our pipeline is managing the pieces of the puzzle that have to come together to get a deal. So we have a director of acquisitions and we're working together to find the deals. I'm working out with the people in the field to find our equity sources to find our service providers, to look at market trends and say, hey, look, where are we going next? We're directly with uh, our other founder, Andre, and 
on kind of identifying what our strategy is, what our acquisition models look like, and then kind of disseminating that down to our acquisitions team so we kind of know what our prey or our property looks like that we're going out to get. So for me, it's kind of looking past the operations on a day-to-day basis, but really trying to find those lanes and those market trends that lend best to what our acquisition strategy is. How are you guys finding your deals? Maybe give us an example of how you found <clears throat> that large deal, that 124 unit. We're very, very what we call active in the streets. And when I say that is we don't necessarily depend on realtors and brokers to bring us deals just because we're in such a very competitive market. So our acquisition team and even us as owners, we're out and about. We're constantly looking for these signs of motivated sellers, whether it's a cheap for rent sign or a dilapidated property. And we're engaging them directly. And that means getting out of your car, finding the property manager, dropping off a card, establish a relationship. And this is kind of where we found our best deals. Specific to that 124 unit portfolio, that was just getting out of the car, talking to the maintenance guy and saying, hey, does he have a contact to the owner? He gave us a contact for the owner. We worked with her closely probably for 18 months before we closed the deal. But when she was ready to sell, we had already established that relationship and were able to avoid that back and forth between brokers and save her some money on commission, as well as step in and close fast when she needed to. Interesting. So it's kind of like door knocking in a sense. You're identifying these properties that are motivated sellers and then going there and either talking to the property management company, talking to someone who's there to get the information of the owner, right? Exactly. In our market, all of the sub-markets are 92, 93% occupied. There's not a people who have a real motivation to sell. There's usually something outside of financial that's pushing these people to want to sell or, or relinquish the property. So We've also got a tracking tool with the parish assessor's office that kind of gives us a map of all those properties. And we're, we're tracking on a weekly basis, okay, which properties have we rode by? What does this property look like? Were we able to get in contact with the owner? And then we flow those back into our CRM to make sure that we're constantly touching those people. Because those are the deals that we want. We don't want the deal where we're competing against four or five people on best and final. We want to be able to sit across the table with our potential seller and make a deal that works for both of us. All right, Michael, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Know the numbers. Spend the time to know the numbers. You can get caught in the vanity of the deal and push the numbers to where you want them to go. But the big thing is that the market is what tells you what it bears and not getting too creative and out the box to create something because in the end, you're protecting an investment, whether it's yours or co-investing amongst other people is to make sure that the numbers are what they are. I should have known the engineer would have said, know the numbers. I'm the exact same way. Of course. Of course. (laughs) All right, Michael, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. Perfect. First, a quick word from our sponsor. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. You looking to take your real estate investing business to the next level this year? Well, if you want to learn the tips, tricks, and secrets that's led to 24 industry expert success, then you can go to theacademypresents.com. It's a three-day digital summit, March 26th through 28th. You can learn more at theacademypresents.com, or you can simply text the word REI to 555-888. All right, Michael, what is the best ever book you've recently read? 
It was Crushing by T.D. Jakes. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I'd look at the pieces and figure out how to pick them up. Real estate's my passion, and Robert Kiyosaki says, if I fail, I got the knowledge to do it again. There you go. What deal did you lose the most money on, and how much did you lose? Oh, man. We did a townhome condominium project, and we lost over a million dollars. What were some of the lessons learned from that deal so that it didn't uh, repeat that again in the future? Know your numbers. And also, have plan B and plan C. And also, is understand your contracts as well, too. Understand liabilities, and as you kind of take those steps up into the different realms, is there's a different level of attorney. There's a different level of bonding and those type of things that need to be put in place to make sure that those risks are reduced. What is your best ever deal? The best ever deal, I would say the 124 unit portfolio was really strong for us. It took some time for that to mature, but provided some very, very long-term and stable returns for us and our investors. And we were able to find the worst property in the best area. So that was a really good deal for us. What is the best ever way you like to give back? My best way is time. We take time to mentor other guys that are aspiring real estate developers and provide that advice and, and the ability to not to make the same mistakes that we have. So really pouring in to other individuals who have those same aspirations and also pouring into our communities as well. Some of our apartment complexes, our latest one we created was called a fun lab. So that allows the kids to come in and have access to computers and tutoring and Bible study. And sometimes during the year, I take time for six weeks and teach like a music class. So those are fun things that allow me to give back. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? You can reach us on Instagram at VPG Enterprise. You can definitely contact us via our website, www.variousgroup.com. And I'll even open it up for email. I love to engage with people that are doing deals. And so you know, my email is M-M-E-R-I-D-E-T-H at V-E-R-I-U-S property.com. All right, Michael, thanks again for coming on the show today. It's always great to talk to a fellow engineer, even better to talk to a fellow chemical engineer. Just to yeah. summarize what we talked about, you got a portfolio of 300 units in the greater New Orleans area. We talked about how you're funding these deals. Started off being creative, seller financing, using your W-2 income. Eventually, that transitioned into building relationships with local banks to get some flexible financing. For the equity side, you were raising money from people that you knew that were high net worth individuals. And then more recently, you transitioned into institutional funding. So we talked a little bit about that, how you got a $40 million line of credit from Goldman Sachs, how it was a long process, two years, but you were very persistent flying out to New York, pitching the company, and ultimately got that line of credit. We talked about some of the things that you do as a strategic planner of the company, just overall kind of just looking past the day-to-day operations, looking past the current deal and figuring out how you're going to find that next deal, how you're going to find the next money, the next service providers, what markets you should be looking at. And we also talked about how you are actually finding your deals. You're very active. You don't rely on brokers and realtors to find your deals. And you have a hybrid driving for dollars slash door knocking strategy where you are identifying properties that We'll have motivated sellers, cheap for rent signs, dilapidated properties. Then you're finding the property management company, finding someone that works there to get the contact information of the owner so you can get face-to-face with them. And you gave the example of your 124 unit where you talked to the maintenance guy who gave you the contact information of the owner. And then after talking back and forth for 18 months, you're able to close on that property. And then you mentioned your system for, for tracking. What properties have you looked at? Who have you talked to? Who's interested? Who's motivated? And then lastly, the best ever advice 
is to know your numbers, make sure you're spending time looking at the numbers, and do not push the numbers where you want them to go because the market will dictate that. So again, Michael, really enjoyed our conversation today. Best ever listeners, thanks for tuning in. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.